Welcome to the Wisdom and Wellness Parsha podcast, a weekly Eden Center podcast featuring Rabbanit Shani Tarragon, with insights from the Parsha about women's health, relationships, mikvah, and well-being. Using the wisdom found in the Parsha, we will reflect on how women can better care for themselves, their bodies, their souls, their relationships with their husbands, and with Hashem. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, which was born of the same motivations to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women, and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships to enrich Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com. To learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, comfortable, and meaningful. Rabbanit Shani Tarragon has been a leading force in women's Torah learning and in Eden's work, and we are honored to combine two of her passions Torah education and empowering us about women's health and well being. Without further ado, Shani. Hello, this is Shani Tarragon, and welcome to Eden's Wisdom and Wellness for Women Parsha podcast. This week's Parsha, Parshat Bo, introduces us to our first national mitzvah, HaChodesh HaZelachem Rosh Chodeshim, Rishon HaLochotshe HaShana. We're told to mark the beginnings of the month, which is going to serve as the basic unit of our tracking of time. What a wonderful week to discuss not only our relationship as a nation, but particularly as women, to the month, for this is the week that we celebrated Rosh Chodesh Shvat, according to Beit Shammai, the Rosh Hashanah Li'ilanot, the beginning of seasons, the beginning of blossoming. And in fact, until this point, Am Yisrael actually had not had any other unit of time other than the seasons of the sun, keeping in mind that Am Yisrael are exposed to the Egyptian culture, which we know also from this week's parsha, Parshat Choshech, is ruled by the sun gods. They were Zoroastrian and believed in the powers of Shemesh, the powers of Ra. Now Hashem comes and says, no more being subservient to the constant sun. Rather, you're going to keep track of time through a monthly cycle. You're going to keep track of time through the moon. As Rav Hirsch points out, this new unit of time is going to be based on the moon and is going to be called Chodesh from the terminology of Chadash, for the moon renews itself monthly as it waxes and wanes. So too, we, Am Yisrael, being able to renew ourselves from a state of slavery to freedom. And certainly, as women, we appreciate this as well. For Chazal note on numerous occasions the association between women and the moon, particularly employing the feminine form of the moon, namely Levana. The menstrual cycle is similar to the monthly cycle of the moon. Progesterone and estrogen gradually rise in preparation for the potential implantation of a zygote, and then they decrease. The word menstruation is actually a derivation from the Latin word for monthly. I've also heard pointed out the term Rosh or Roshe Chodoshim, the head of the months, serve also as an acronym for Resh Chet Mem, the Rosh Chodoshim, for the Rechem, for the woman's womb. We, particularly as women then, are meant to be sensitive to at the cycle of the moon, to the cycle of time, to the possibility and potential for renewal on a monthly basis. We're supposed to be mindful of this. We find that in the 8th century Midrashic Compendium of Perkei Rabbi Eliezer, Perak Memhe, Rosh Chodesh was given as a reward 
in Olam Hazeh for the women not participating in Chita Egel, Shehin Mishamrot Roshi Chadashim Yoter Min Ha'anashim. And in fact, we find this historically and halachically that even though it seems that all of Am Yisrael used to celebrate Rosh Chodesh as a pseudo holiday during the times of Yehoshua, Shuftim, Shaul, has a big Su'udan Rosh Chodesh, Hoshea and Amos, speak about the punishments of Am Yisrael no longer celebrating Rosh Chodeshim through the time of the first Beit HaMikdash. But it's particularly the women who continue the Minhagim to celebrate Rosh Chodesh, so that in Shulchan Aruch, Orachayim Siman, Taf Yud Zayin, Hanashim Nohagot, Shalola Sot Bo Melacha, Hu Minhagtov. It was the women who maintained observance of celebrating and being sensitive to the renewal of the month by not sewing, not cooking, and not engaging in laundry. I actually try to do this on a monthly basis. My kids get very excited. They know that every Rosh Chodesh comes along. Ima doesn't cook. We go out to eat. No laundry, especially when it's two days of Rosh Chodesh. All the more wonderful. And uh, this way, we truly, not only as a family, but feel that we're part of a nation. And I personally, as a woman, feel that I'm maintaining these minhagim of women throughout the generations being sensitive to the month, being sensitive to renewal, being sensitive to our national and also our personal history, our history of our menses, our history of, of renewal from month to month. We have an innate built-in system for renewal, adaptation, and basically mindfulness. The Midrash continues and says that Hashem also gives the woman a sachar lo'olam haba, we have a certain built-in system or sensitivity to time that we can renew ourselves, that we can adapt. And at times that seems rather difficult, especially keeping track of menses. Again, during times of perimenopause, this can drive a woman again, a little bit berserk, but at the same time, recognizing that this is how our national identity begins. Speaking of mindfulness, as the parshia and Perak Yudbet continues, we hear that Hashem introduces what will happen throughout the month. We have to now track the individual dates of the month until the 10th of the month, when we're going to take a se leveta vot se either a lamb or a goat, and we're going to form a bayit. As we mentioned in Parshat Shemot, this is how the stories of Yitziat Mitzrayi begin. In order for us to leave, in order for us to see ourselves as a nation, we first have to develop the microcosmic unit of a bayit. A bayit that we know stems really from understanding the nature of a bat, a daughter who sees herself as part of the continuous building of a home. And as we hear how we're supposed to become a family, a very interesting mitzvah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe of two mitzvot connected to the bayit, Karban Pesach, and the future prohibition against eating chametz, and rather eating matzah in the bayit. First, we hear of the milah mancha, the repetitive words, we are meant to take a seh and slaughter it, place the blood on the doorposts, and thereby show 
not only that we're reenacting Bripin Haftarim, the promise that Hashem had given to Avram Avinu, Vigeria Zaracha, Ba'ertz Lolahem, Vabadum, Vinuotam, Rabami Ochana, Vacharechi Nitzuber, Hushkadol, we show that we're actually re identifying with the Bayat, with our history, with our family, with our heritage. We develop a sensitivity. To, uh, to the past by reliving it in the present. But then, interestingly, in addition to the mitzvah of eating the Karban Pesach, making sure that nothing is left over to the next morning, Hashem continues and tells Moshe that this same day that is going to serve as a zikaron, as the time that we're going to, in the future as well, eat a Karban Pesach, Shivat yamim matzot we hear the same three milim manchot, the idea of a bayit, whether it's eating the karban pesach in our bayit, forming the unit of a home, and similarly, not finding any saor, any leavening agents in our bayit, or mishmeret, we have to watch over the sheep, the goat, the Karban Pesach, for four days. And similarly, now we have to watch over, literally, the terminology of Mishmeret, of being careful, being cautious, for the seven days, Ushmartem et hayom hazel ledortechem, Ushmartem et hamatzot, ki be'etam hayom hazel hotzitzitzivotechem me'eret mitzrayim. Here we find, again, the term of shmirah, of being cautious. And interestingly, both mitzvot are going to be linked to achila, are going to be linked to eating, whether it's the Karban Pesach that we must eat in order to be saved from Makat Bechorot, or whether it's the matzah that we must eat and the chametz that we're prohibited from eating. Note then that these three repetitive words, Abayit Mishmeret Achila, appearing both by Karban Pesach and by Matzah, are meant to enable us to develop a sensitivity, a sensitivity to Bayit, to time, to, to place, the idea of the Bayit, the Mishmeret, watching over something, and Achila, the person himself or herself, watching what we eat. Here we see again that in order to develop as a people, as a nation, Hashem wants us to recognize mishmeret, watching something over for whether it's four days or seven days, making sure that we're mindful of place, particularly the bayit. And certainly, here is our connection to women's health, being careful with kedushat ha'adam, with what we place in our mouths, with what we eat. It's easy sometimes to be sensitive to our surroundings, to our time, to our place, but to be sensitive to how we interact with them, namely through what we put in our mouths. Here, the Torah is telling us that's a very crucial component of making sure that you can maintain identity. And I believe also maintaining our basic health, being a little more sensitive to what we put in our bodies and not only what surrounds us. Lastly, let's take a look at both of these mitzvot of Karban Pesach and eating matzah and not chametz, we find that the Torah tells us, Perak Yudbet, Pasuk, and a Pasuk Tedvav, Shivat Yamim Matzot we hear that we have to eat the matzah for seven days and not eat chametz. Ach b'yom harishon tashbitu saormi batechem, ki kol ochel chametz, v'nechreta hanefesh hahi miyisrael, miyom harishon ad yom hashvi'i. The mitzvah begins in a very scary manner. 
However, eats chametz during these seven days, the nefesh is going to be cut off. Similarly, pasuk yutet, the parshia ends with a similar warning. Shivat yamim saor lo yimatzei bevatechem, ki kol ochel machmetzet v'nechreta ha-nefeshahi ma'adzat Yisrael bager uvezrach ha-aretz. That really is a scary thought, the thought of karet, of being cut off from our national identity, from Am Yisrael, so scary that the Rishonim debate in Masechet Kritut, what karet is, does that mean that the person himself dies young or that the children die young or one loses one tzchilak in olam haba? No matter what the case is, we find these very scary seven days, seven days of being careful, seven days of preparing your home properly, seven days of being cautious of what you can eat and what you cannot eat. And I hope that we're all thinking of a parallel seven days that we also find later on in Sefer Vayikra, wherein the punishment is also going to be in the case of overriding the halachot of Nida Da'oraita. That one is not allowed to engage in relations for the seven days that a woman is a nizan. If they do, the man or the or the woman, then v'nechrutushnehem. This is a phenomenon that I like to call karetphobia. At sometimes when we hear the term of karet, we in fact are and rightly are meant to be very scared but so scared that we find that by some women, these two particular mitzvot, the mitzvot of preparing the home for Pesach and the halachot of Nida, can lead to our latent OCD tendencies being much more manifest. And sometimes you hear of women who vacuum their their window shades before Pesach, who uh, can't think of anything else and are truly driven somewhat crazy in the days before Pesach because perhaps in the subconscious areas of our minds, we're thinking, we're so scared of karet. I find that by women as well, when it comes to the halachot of Nida, women are sometimes extremely overly stringent with these laws, more than any other laws, perhaps because of this phenomenon of karet phobia as well. So what's the antidote to karet phobia? What's the antidote to properly preparing our homes and ourselves before the seven-day period, the seven-day period of Nida, or the seven-day period of Chakamatzot, where we're not allowed to eat chametz? The antidote is to learn the halachot. It's important not to be unnecessarily lenient, but also not to be overly stringent, and rather appreciate the mitzvot, appreciate the time. We have seven days to be careful, it's true, with what we eat. Seven days to be careful with regard to our relationship, our spousal relationship. And one can see this as karitphobia, something very scary, or as the parsha is trying to teach us, really an advantage of of time, taking advantage of seven days of consciousness, historical consciousness, personal consciousness, relationship consciousness, recognizing our difficulties. And it's true that we feel sometimes there's time on, time off. It can, in fact, be very confusing and very difficult. But at the same time, we can also try to appreciate and ultimately be mindful of our time. And not necessarily focus on the karit phobia, but focus instead on the values of bayit and mishmeret and achila, appreciating that all this appears within the context of hitchatshut, of renewal. Wishing you all a Shabbat Shalom. This week's podcast is sponsored by Naomi and Svik Ramit in honor of Michal Zalbin's bat mitzvah. Wishing her a life of wisdom and wellness.
Here are some interesting Eden Center events happening in Israel soon. Please reserve your spot and get more information on our website, www.theedencenter.com. On February the 4th, we will be hosting Dr. David Ribner and Tali Rosenbaum to discuss their new book, A Guide for Intimacy for Married Couples. And on February the 20th, there will be a Hebrew launch of Birkat Emuna with speakers Rav Avraham Stav, Nili Arbel, and Efrat and Yair Gentek. And if you have ever considered becoming a mikveh attendant, we are beginning a Hebrew course in Petach Tikva and an English one in Jerusalem, both starting after Pesach. Email info at theedemcenter.com for more information. This episode of Wisdom and Wellness was recorded by Shani Tarragon, music courtesy of Shimona Gottlieb, and is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe. We also welcome your feedback and questions on the podcast. Email us at podcasts at theedencenter.com.